0: Hello, legends, and welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the club of United Business, Australia's number one members club, connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today, we're connecting you with Cub member Charles Liu. Charles is the founder and CEO of Cubic Promote, that's cubicpromote.com.au a promotional merchandising and uniforms company. It is an absolute industry leader. Charles started the company over 14 years ago uh, simply by seeing a misplaced pen uh, in his office while he was stuck there with a broken leg and has now turned it into an industry leader, one of the largest promotional merchandising companies in the country. Charles is honestly one of the coolest, most interesting entrepreneurs I've, I've ever met. And I'm very proud to have him as a member in our community. So I hope you enjoy the show liu 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 (laughs) liu charles (laughs) liu welcome to the podcast my friend how are you
1: i'm terrific daniel terrific thanks for the invitation
0: no i was very excited to to invite you on after our after our last conversation um and um one thing that I actually found out about you the other day, I saw you at your call group at the Clubhouse. You brought your whole, you brought your whole call group pies. Yeah, you, and I did. I found out
1: you're like a pie aficionado or something like I, that. I'm a pie fanatic, <laughs> a, an absolute pie fanatic. So, so I, I come from Hong Kong, and one thing that I miss when I go to Hong Kong is the pies. So, so for those who don't know me, um, I love pies clearly, uh, but <laughs> I've also actually been to literally every single pie shop in Sydney. So I know where the, the good stuff is at. So if you ever need to know, find out where the best chicken pie is, the best vegetarian pie, best beef pie. You I know man. all the pies. I know all the so pies. So where's the best beef, where's the best meat pie? Oh, well, dropping names. Uh, yeah, let's drop mixed, some. Mixed pies. Where's that? Uh, They've got a few outlets around in David Jones in the city. They have uh, fr- the frozen version. They sell in the counter there. Uh, other than that, they sell them in Olympic Stadium as well. They got a little a little shop so that there. So you
0: reckon the best meat pies are from mixed pies? Mixed pies. Mick or mix? Is like it, is mixed. mix? Like mix? Like mixed salad? Yeah. M I C K S. Oh, okay, mix. Yeah. Like my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Mick. And um, Charles. Cubic Promote is an absolute industry leader. Um, it's a promotional merchandising and uniform company. Uh, you you're the highest uh, visited website for for yeah, in your industry. In your industry. Yeah. You're a, you're an absolute legend. Um,
1: h- how long has it gone for? It's gone for f- Yeah, it's been over a decade now, so 14 and a half years. I like to think of my industry and what I do as the most visible yet invisible type of Uh, business in the business community out there Mm. because what we do what our industry does is to make other people look good and by making other people look good we we stand in the background so no one ever knows about us but I guarantee uh, most people would have received uh, some of our merchandise it could have been in form of a uniform cap pen Uh, it could be anything it could be something that you just got distributed um, when you got to an event so I like to think we're the, the most biggest silent company out there. So we want to, like I was telling you before, we
0: want to make the Cub hats for the members for the members in the team for summer. So how can we go about that? I need the hat. You know, I, I want like the Nike hat, the same type of similar style hat. The, the, what's it called? The, I think they're called golf hats. I want the Cub logo on the front we can do that straight through you, yeah?
1: Oh, easy, easy. Uh, with, with caps, many people don't know, but many of the major brands that you buy, so you could go into a shop, you could go to Tagauer, or you could go to um, any number of brands. A lot of the stuff, that, a lot of the time, they're stocking merchandise that are from people like myself. And so we, we put their branding on, we put their logo on. Obviously, it, it's, they do a bit more because they do the marketing, they do um, the ambience of the product. So we don't do that. We just straight up product. But yeah, we could do, do that quite easily. And you were saying to me before that you actually
0: stock stuff in Australia. So, so there's not much of a wait time often, no?
1: No, no, no. A wait time is a week, a couple of days. A, so um, if
0: I wanted like 100 hats, 200 hats. Oh, that's easy. The... Yeah,
1: that's easy. We could do it in a day if, if we have capacity.
0: That's crazy. Okay, well, after this, can we do that? Yeah, 100%. Oh, awesome. How long have you been a member at Cub for now? About uh, one year now. And why did you join in the first place?
1: Tom Redden. He's a he's a charming <laughs> absolutely bloke. legend. Oh, <laughs> actually, the whole team's charming. <laughs> but at the very first day, I did meet the whole team though. But I, yeah. I met Tom Redden. And I thought, man, this guy's got a bit of charisma. Yeah. And and I tell you what, I, in all honesty, the second thing that got my attention was the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the clubhouse, I'd be going oh, I'm 50-50. But the fact that you had a location, you made yourself different to any other business club out there. I've been to a couple of business clubs and and. 100% of the time, there's always meet up at a restaurant. It's great. You have a great meal. It's cool. But never did we did I encounter a club where you had a place where you could just hang out and chill. And I thought, wow, this is different. Uh, and then he told me the price. I thought, whew, that's that's expensive. But then afterwards, I thought, all right, that's a great value. And I'll talk to you more about why I think it's great value uh, later on. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm obviously very happy you came on. And, and what were you
0: looking for when you came on? Were you looking to meet other accomplished entrepreneurs or...?
1: I was looking to hear stories uh the stories and the 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 thought process behind how other entrepreneurs built what they built uh the stories resonate a lot with me uh their processes not so much their successes i I love and celebrate their successes, but just their the mindset because um, i because I'm talking to Tom Ren and he's talking about the the type of people that are in in c u b and I'm thinking wow these are Industry titans and thought leaders, and I thought, "Wow, I want to hear these stories. How do I get to hear these stories by signing up? Obviously, so that, that's that's what got, really attracted me. Awesome. Well, why don't you
0: tell us your story? How did you get into? How did you get into promotional merchandising? How did you start uh, Cubic Promote?
1: Yeah, of course,
0: of course. And even before that, what were you doing? Where you're from?
1: Yeah, of course, of What's course. What's your story? Of course. So, so my hometown originally was Hong Kong. I came here when I was two years old uh, with my parents. My dad was a lawyer, he decided that you know, it wasn't quite for him staying in Hong Kong and he made um, not, a, not, not simply a, a change in jobs but a change in country, a change in, 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 in everything. So he, he packed up bags, moved the family over, got two sisters and, my, and, and myself. And so that was, that was when I was two years old. Uh, so I studied here and then I studied a few years in Hong Kong and then I, I came back to Australia to finish off my, my high school and my university. My first job was a telemarketer. Yeah. No, actually, no. My first job was actually uh, delivering newspapers and then subsequently uh, telemarketing. And then afterwards, I graduated and then I, I worked in uh, a bank, Westpac, work, worked there for, for for a year or two, and then decided to branch out on my own to do Cubic Promote. But did you, did you go to university? Yeah, I did. What yeah. did you study? Uh, marketing economics. Okay.
0: And then you went to banking and then you were like, oh, I don't want to do banking anymore. I want to make stuff with logos on it. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, how did that come? Like how did, how, why visual,
1: why promotional merchandising? Well, well, there was a physical element and a mental element uh, as to why I changed jobs. So physical element was I hurt my ankle real bad playing basketball. So Achilles tendons for those sports fans out there. Uh, I, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. So that, that's a very, very bad injury you rather break a bone, break a bone, you heal quicker. But I, so I, I injured my leg and I was out of action uh, at home. And the only thing I had uh, on day to day was a computer and a phone that was next to me. So every day I would just sit there, with a computer and a phone and everyone's at work, all my friends are at work, I'm not calling no one. Um, I don't like watching TV at daytime. Daytime TV just sucks. Um, yeah, and and just sitting there, I'm I'm kind of bored, and you know, I think, okay, what what could I do? What could I do? Um, I was an average employee, <laughs> uh, you know. I wasn't bad at my job. I wasn't crash hard, right? I was a little bit, you know, I'm kind of bored with with the grind, and uh, I was a little bit adventure seeking, and so I'm I'm sitting there and. and oh, and what, what do I do? What do I do? A day passes, a week passes. And and the prognosis was a few months that I'm going to be in this situation. And and then uh, the most innocuous thing caught my eye, in the corner of my eye. It was on my desk, next to my computer. And it was just a, a little plastic pen. I, I'm a pretty neat freak type of thing. So a plastic pen is something that's out of place. I picked it up, looked at it. It's got someone's logo on it. Okay, where did I get that from? I'm trying to record now. I, I don't remember. And then I'm thinking, uh, okay, this pen... It must have come from somewhere, right? So I, I started doing some research. Who prints these this stuff? I'm curious, I'm curious, because I only got a computer, so I'm just tapping away, uh, and I got a phone. Actually, got uh, I, I got my mom to bring in uh, a white pages, or yellow pages, and I started doing some research to find out who, who supplies this stuff. I found out who supplies this stuff. I found out how it was made. I found out more than that. I found out the entire supply chain, uh, which included exporting and importing, as well as local manufacturing. and and. In space of a week, I did all this research, and I found out I know exactly how this pen is made and where I can get more of these pens. And after that, the next week, it was simply 1 plus 1 equals 2. I'm thinking, uh, okay, I've got a phone. I've got a white, yellow pages and a computer filled with potential customers. I'm here. I've got nothing to do. No friends to talk to because everyone's at work. Let me make a few phone calls out of curiosity to see if... I I could call some customers to see if they're interested in buying. And fast forward um, a decade and a half later, um, this is an industry that's been my bread and butter for quite a while now. Wow. And and, but, and, and so you, you you started calling people, saying what? Oh, my! this is really jogging my memory back. Yeah. yeah well, how old uh, were you at this point? Uh, uh, I'm tw- really curious. Early, in early story. Uh, 20s. Tw- 20? Early 20s. 20s and
0: 21, so you're a uh, 21-year-old you're kid making some phone calls to some companies,
1: trying to sell them what? Pens. Pens. <laughs> pens. So it started with pens. It literally started with pens. Yeah. Because pens were everywhere. L- later on, I realized, okay, there's a whole suite of products out there from, from uniforms through to to other merchandise. But it started with a pen. And... And keep
0: going. Oh, I want to keep hearing this progression. Progression. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Where'd you get the office? Yeah, oh, I want to
1: hear. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Oh, good, oh good. Uh, so
0: you're like a video. <laughs> you're like a like a DVD that just stopped playing in the first quarter. <laughs> I want to keep going.
1: So, so the phone calls. I, I want to start with the phone calls. It all started with the phone calls. So with with the phone calls, I started um, just being polite on the phone. Oh, hello. Um, may I talk to the purchasing officer? And then. Uh, after my first phone call, I I would have been rejected, obviously. My second phone call, I got rejected. And the third phone call, I started tweaking what I said a little bit. I started tweaking. The things I tweaked or, or focused on was uh, the pace of my voice, the the volume of my voice, uh, what I was saying, obviously, uh, the the tone of my voice. and And I started, every single time I got a rejection, I, I would um, take a step back and think about, okay, at what point in time did I lose that person? And then after literally hundreds of phone calls, because by that time, my thought process was not actually selling pens. My thought process was actually, how how can I get people not to reject me? Uh, and I slowly refined it. and I slowly got real good. And then I believe after the first 200 calls, I got my first customer. I had a customer that said, yeah, yeah. I, I want to buy something. I said, "Cool, no shit." What, I didn't say no shit, but what you want to buy? It, she and and I remember that order quite vividly. It was a client called ICMS, and they wanted to buy a corporate gift, and they wanted to buy a corporate gift for a, a wine cooler bag, uh, and I was ecstatic, uh, and I I was just yelling after I hung up the phone for a few reasons. Um, number one, I'm thinking. All, all, all the effort that I put into refining my pitch worked, number one. Number two, uh, my validation, it was validation that this is a business model worth pursuing and that you customers are willing to pay for what you, ha- you have got. At that t- point in time, I didn't have any product, by the way. Uh, I, I think I only just got an ABN like a, a week before that because <laughs> my girlfriend at the time, who, who's now my wife, said, if you're running a business, you, you kind of need to pay your taxes. And I thought, yeah, uh, probably, right. I don't want no I, um, a tax official knocking on my door. So yeah, okay, cool. Um, so, and so I didn't even have a bank account set, set up back then, but I did get my first customer. And so to, to me, looking for supplies was an easy bit because um, back in my first week or two out of action, I, I kind of knew the, the process, I kind of knew where to get the stock and so it, um, fast forward that um, a few more months, uh, six months down the track, I was able to get a couple more customers. Uh, and. And seven or eight months later, I believe this is re- going real back now. Yeah, yeah. I believe I got into my first office, which was a, a little serviced office. I couldn't afford nothing big; It was just a desk. Was it just you? It was just me. Yeah. It was it was just a desk, uh, but it was cool. I I, <laughs> I I'm back in the city. I I felt, felt like I, I'm I'm back in the game because I, I've been out of, out of it so long, uh, and but it did reach a point where I thought, hang on, these, making these volumes of phone calls is cool, but I want to take it to the next stage because there's a limit as to how many calls I make. I'm getting real good at these phone calls, by the way, at this time, but there's a limit as to how many I could do. And so two things occurred to me. number One, I need more staff. Number two, I started looking around, looking at marketing mediums, marketing channels, ways to scale myself. Uh, And I'm looking at the internet. I'm looking at, okay, if I could have my product visible on the internet, uh, and properly visible. This is going to work quite well. So I did did a bit of research. I found out who were the top uh, top competitors in my field, and I looked at everything they did. I looked at them in real detail. I'm stalking them big time. I'm looking at where they advertise. I'm looking at their response times. So I'm pretending to be a customer. I'm looking at their uh, how their website looked, how their website felt. I'm looking at uh, at at uh, the, the the few droplets of social media, it wasn't big back then, uh, uh, that they would do and I would copy and then I would emulate and I would do it better. Everything they did, I would do better. If they had an image of a product on their website on the first page, i will have two images, <laughs> right? <laughs> if they replied to my email in two hours' time, all right, uh, all my customers, uh, they'll be replied within one hour, and that's the mantra that we've we've worked on since. Always do it better. And so, if anyone ever calls into my company, they will receive a reply from us within an hour, guaranteed. And and we started building that, and a combination of these factors, having more team members, and and uh, and a website, and and competing, uh, and competing, uh, took us to the next level. I love that. It's brilliant. And
0: one one, one thing that a- gotten from you is that you're a very curious person. When you find something, you really dive deep into it. Or you looked at a pen, you know, most people like me are like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll draw a picture of something. But <laughs> you looked at it, where's the pen come from? Where do I get it from? How do I figure that out? And, and then, you, you know, you're in the game and suddenly you – or, for example, you start doing your sales, your, your pitch – And you start looking at the pitch. I don't know, I'm not even thinking about the pens anymore. I'm thinking about the pitch now. How does the pitch work? Break down the pitch, look at it until it's perfect. Did you write that pitch down? Did you have the process written down? Yeah, I did. So you could teach it. And then you got to your market research. You looked at your market, you looked in so much detail. Um, And a lot of people don't do that. For example, I was never too much into the, the, I was always very curious and that my mind was free flowing. But you're very, very into the, I love that. So you looked at your market. And you said, okay, what are the key um, contact points uh, with, with the customer, w- w- the website, the, the response time, the phone call, whatever it may be? And you said, ha- you actually did it with, the, with your competition. So you, you were the customer with your competition yeah, to that's experience it. it. Yeah. And then you said, all right, fuck it, I'm doing everything better. Every single thing that they did for me,
1: I'm, I'm going to implement doing better. better. And that's something every business can do. That's what's so cool about that. Oh, it is, it is. Yeah. And there's a scary side to that too because um, when there is an incumbent, when there is um, a, a big dog, an alpha in town, it's very, very easy for you to chase after the alpha and, and if you're persistent enough – you're going to be able to chase them down and in many instances dominate dominate our industry. The dangerous bit is that once you're the alpha dog, that's the hard bit. Once you're the alpha dog, it's almost like you've got a big bullet target sign on your back. Everyone's gunning for you. Mm-hmm. So that's the danger of, of, of that type of strategy. And I
0: read that in your prep sheet. So you got – because you are the industry leader, you guys – one thing you, you had written was that you guys look at yourselves as – um, how did you put it? I can't remember what you said, but you're constantly, you're still refining yourself. You're still pushing forwards very fast.
1: I, I like to use a mentality, that, uh, and, and, and this is used quite often, and I use it quite of, often as well, the word underdog. I always like to be the underdog, because being the underdog means you're always hungry. And because you always need to be hungry, because if you're not hungry, bad things happen. And there's one thing being in the lead, but there's a whole different thing staying in the lead. Absolutely, and so just keeping the mentality. You may not be the underdog no more, but by, by God damn it, you gotta gotta, gotta have the mentality that um, even things are going well, things are not going well, you know, things are imminent because it pr- it pushes you to do bigger and better things. Without that 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 mental psych- psychological edge, it's hard to 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 do bigger and better things. Yeah, hundred percent. The fact
0: that you're you're wife was with you from the very start from when you when you first saw that pen on the floor and we'll talk about I want to talk about that and the, and the importance of all that at the end but but just on the topic of of maintaining a lead and staying as an industry leader a, and, and also I guess in terms of actually becoming an industry leader one thing that you have to always do is be very good at identifying new opportunities whether for your company for your industry whatever it may be. Um,
1: is that something that you're particularly quite good at? Yeah, I, I like to think that I listen hard. List, listening is the most important and the most underrated element uh, of of leading of a leading company or, or, or just being. Uh, people like to talk. It's easy to talk. I could talk about myself all day. I'm sure everyone can. Everyone's got a story. Um, some people have more powerful stories than others. It, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, listening is a hard bit. And even in a conversation, it's so tempting for me sometimes just to dominate the conversation and stay, and just talk about everyone else to to hang back and listen. To me, that's the that's uh, that, that's a skill that I, I like to try to aspire to do better. I, I like to think I, I do a pretty good job. For example, one example, I, I was in a toy store. I've got a kid he was buying a toy. Uh, another kid runs up. he's seven years old. He's pointing to this empty shelf. And he's he's really loud, like right, this kid. He's like, "Yo, mom, uh, they're out of this this thing again. I, I can't believe it." And, and so I looked at the kid. I was like, oh, first thing I was going, "Shut up." <laughs> Number two, I was I was then curious as to what is so hot, what is selling out that has made this kid cry cry out. Uh, this was Sunday afternoon, and I looked at it. It said the word fidget spinner. I never heard of a fidget spinner. This is a couple of years ago, but then. I thought, okay, fidget spinners are selling out. Uh, let me do some research. I'm, I'm uh, next day in, at work on Monday. I'm doing research on fidget spinners. It turns out they're these little toys that we now all know know about. And I was thinking, this has got a big branding area. This is a type of product that our customers may consider because it's a. It's got. So it ticks all the right boxes. Uh, it's fun. It's unique. It's new. It's got a big branding area for someone's logo. Um, it's low enough priced. Uh, it's a great option to a few of our other hot sellers which are stress balls and, and sticky notepads. Okay, cool. Um, let me let me market this uh, on, on our website. Uh, let me promote this to our, our sales channels. Uh, let me bring some of these products in. Uh, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I think we sold a minimum of 60, 70,000 units of those things already. <laughs> Uh, and that was just from this seven-year-old just screaming right next to me. Uh, th- th- knowing uh, that's one example of, of seeing but opportunities. But
0: so your eye, your your eyes are always open to it. Your, your brain's always in the business. And even if you're sh- toy shopping for your kid, you're looking for opportunities. Uh, the one thing that I've always found with opportunities is uh, it's probably the most important lesson I've learned in regards to finding new opportunities is that sometimes as the as the founder or the business owner, whatever you are, you, you'll see an opportunity that is the right opportunity, but it's way down the path. It'd be like if you're building a building, it would be like the 10th level, but you may only be on the fifth level. You know? And you know it's there and you're so tempted to go get it. Like there's so many times at Cub where I thought of something that was brilliant, it was good, right? But it wasn't good at that time. And, you know, if you build the 10th level, you're only up to the fifth level, it's gonna fall, the tenth is gonna fall, hit the fifth, damage the fifth, You'd be back on the fourth. And sometimes it's about banking those opportunity ideas. It's like, okay, that's a great idea, but that's a great idea in a year. Or where's the plan where that will fit? And um, just because you think of something doesn't mean you have to execute it right away. Oh, 100%. You might be excited, but but uh, people like me, it's like, oh shit, that's what we're doing. We're gonna do it right now, <laughs> everyone, the whole team. This <laughs> when I was, particularly when I was young, I was so excited. But, um, but 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 uh, finding opportunity is one thing, but then choosing when to execute and implement the opportunity is is another thing. That's that's definitely a key lesson I found with
1: in regards to opportunities. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. I I've seen all the time products that are ahead of the time. I think that's what you're trying to say, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Products and or features or or things that are ahead of the time is like Bluetooth before smartphones were invented. Who needed Bluetooth before smartphones, right? Uh, as you see all the time, and, and I actually love that thought process. It's something that I've subconsciously done all the, all the time is to bank it. Bank it and wait for the right moment. And, and how do you
0: do, – do you have a system towards searching for um, new opportunities? Because I actually – did some thinking about it before, um, and I had a couple ideas. But uh, do, is there a way, you know, when you sit down to think, okay, what's next – what, how do you do that? What's what's the process you, you go towards that? What are some of the things you think about?
1: When you when whenever I sit down and think about what next, hundred percent of the time, nothing comes out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so never ever do that. Uh, the the I want to talk about a, a, a bit something a bit a bit wiffy waffy, which is a subconscious mind. Um, typically, the best things happen when my mind is blank. Nothing in my mind. And there are times when, th- when this happens. Um, and inexplicably is always one or two times, although it happens in other times. Um, a is when I, at four o'clock in the morning, uh, I'm wide awake, dead silent. There is not a sound in the house. There's not a thought in my mind. And then out of the blue, something springs into my mind. Uh, the second time it happens will uh, inevitably be in the shower, possibly. Uh, or maybe when I'm washing the car, I, I find washing cars therapeutic. I do too, funny <laughs> enough. I really do. Okay, we will share something in common. Boom. Uh, and, and sometimes basketball. And um, When I'm by myself in the court, a uh, hoop in front of me and a ball in my hands. Um, it's when my mind is blank, the best ideas come out.
0: Yeah, I agree with that too. But um, when I think about opportunities, I'll normally think about it in two different ways. So first is the opportunities with your current core business with what you're doing. Right? It's it's the service you're doing now, and it's opportunities to make that better. And then the other opportunities that you think about uh, like extension opportunities, what are additional things um, that we can add on. And they're very different thought processes because the the opportunities within your core, your current, that's a very much what are issues in the current and how can we fix those issues? So what are what are small areas of this um, machine that we can improve to re- produce a better result for our customer but when you're thinking about new opportunities you need to think much more creatively and open-minded and when you're doing that you you, you really need to look at yourself as a business what is our strategic position in rele- in um, in accordance to our competition what makes us strong because what are the assets that we have, what are the different points of difference that we have that we can do others can't because that's going to be normally where you can find the best opportunities and ones that they're not going to be able to replicate as, as easily. But also what are complementary things um, that we could do that, um, that may not be even in our industry. You know, for example, at Cub, we, um, we, we're in the relationship building game That's what we do. We build valuable relationships between accomplished Australian entrepreneurs. And at the moment, we're in discussions around um, uh, business media, right? Highlighting, celebrating, and sharing the knowledge of Australia's top entrepreneurs or Australian entrepreneurs to all Australian entrepreneurs or to aspiring entrepreneurs. Now, we're not doing this. uh, We're just talking about this as Team Cup. It's actually not in the business of what we do but it's an opportunity that I think is open there in the market and if anyone could probably do it, it's us because we have all the members. We've got got easy access to it and it still does help us achieve what we do which is build valuable relationships because the more people see that, the more people join the club and then the more people we have to connect other members to. So I think that there's a big difference between opportunities in what you currently do and your core business and – Future opportunities, which is or, or sorry, additional opportunities, which may be more creative thinking. It may be more looking outside of your industry or looking at uh, places that your competition may not have ever been before.
1: 100 percent. I, I hear what you're saying because mm-hmm. what you're um, what you're talking about with the CUB is very different, uh, very similar to what what I'm doing. I like to think of cubic promote as the base, uh, as a springboard. Um, as, the mothership. As a That's mothership. what I call cub. The yeah. mothership, <laughs> and, and so uh, be, because of that, uh, uh, because of the, the the core core skills and assets that are sitting in this mothership, it allows you the freedom to branch off into into to experiment other elements. And, and mind you, um, it is an experiment because it may not work out. It may, may fall flat on your face. But you're you're cool because at this t- point in time, you have built that in humongous you know base of resources that you could you, you could get over it and but you could also go off to create new branches and some of those new branches are gonna work out and they work and when they work out you're going to be in a great place. Yeah. Yeah the mothership keeps
0: everyone on board safe and the mothership may send out uh, little trooper boats to go search for a nice <laughs> island. Like you know, I like might that, might send out trooper yes. boats, go search for some islands. Yes. Some of the boats get lost, the ship, the uh, whale lands on it and, the, and everyone dies. But <laughs> some of the boats find an island and the island might have lots of coconuts Ooh. to farm and, and to sell, you know? And, and that's what you're looking for. But as long as the mothership, you don't care if the little trooper boats disappear and never come back. So as long as the mothership Absolutely. is there. Absolutely. And and that's, that's I always say that the team Cup, this is the mothership. We can do other things, but this is priority. Priority number one always. This keeps everyone safe, happy, and beautiful.
1: A perfect example of that, the one that literally just came to mind is actually Amazon. So so Amazon, I believe, lost a lot of money for many, many years. Like best part of a decade, they lost money until one of the, their branches shot out and made them a lot of money. And I'm talking about Amazon Web Services. Yes. And so all of a sudden, Amazon Web Service has become this huge um, conglomerate of a, of a business that actually makes money. Mo- most people, consumers haven't heard of it, but uh, for the Amazon group, they'll be, I, I, w- I would like to, not like to, I, I would have thought that their business would suffer immensely if they didn't have the revenue generating properties of Amazon Web Services. That's an, it's a, a brilliant example of it. But what about yourself? When COVID hit, what did you do? You would have had to search for some new opportunities, no? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So so COVID hit me and my industry real hard. So uh, obviously there's cafes and restaurants that they've been hit hard. Our industry have been hit uh, for the past seven months, either a drop in revenue compared to same time last year of between anywhere between 25% to 75% on, on certain months. Because we supply a lot of the merchandise for events, a lot of the uniforms for the shops, uh, a lot of the uniforms for the hotels and hotels things like that, which you need less. Yeah, yeah which, which need, need less. Um, so I started to, to, to look into other things. Uh, actually, first month of COVID was great, actually great, actually. I, I, I inexplicably, in March, we, we did real well. Uh, record prof, uh, record, record, uh, record re- revenues, record sales. I thought, okay, I think we're going to do, do okay. And then April came, and then <laughs> May came. Uh, May, I think we, we dropped seventy-five percent in revenue. And I was thinking, oh, mm. <laughs> this might pose a small problem here. <laughs> I think I might need to do something about it. Uh, I, I, I was, I was out shopping. I was out shopping. Uh, I was, I needed to get a disinfectant, I, and I was in the supermarket aisle. Um, and I'm looking around. I'm, okay, I see all, all the major brands. I, I wanted to buy something more Australian because I grew up here. I why, why buy something you know, that's not not Australian? So I'm looking around. I'm going nah, that product. I picked up another bottle and nah, 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 that bottle is not going to do 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 nothing either. And then uh, I, after five minutes, uh, I I I left the aisle and thought I I, I got empty hands. There was nothing. There was nothing that. Was worth me uh, putting money down to purchase. But what were you looking for? I was looking for a disinfectant, a, just a spray. Because yeah. I wanted um, to spray my office. Um, my 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 mom needed one for COVID. Uh, for for COVID. Yeah. Um, there's hand sanitizers. There's hand sanitizers everywhere. Hell, I sell hand sanitizers. Big deal. Don't need that. But something just a spray. Just a spray. I couldn't, I couldn't find no spray. Uh, and that was the moment when I thought, okay. All right, let me do some basic sums here. My business has dropped 75% revenue. Um, There's a product that I'm looking for that I cannot find. One plus one equals two. (laughs) Hang on, okay. And so I I jumped into the the rabbit hole like I normally do, like I did with the plastic pen. I jumped into the rabbit hole. Your curiosity. Yeah, and I I I start talking to people. It's incredible how conversations can lead to some incredible things. I I don't like to think of my story as incredible because it's not. But it had led to me to think that, okay, I think I could create a product that is that ticks all the boxes that I want ticked. I, a disinfectant spray that is Aussie-made, that's formulated in Australia, that's owned by Aussies. One that doesn't have any alcohol because uh, we got we got guinea pigs. My kids love guinea pigs. Um, animals when they inhale alcohol, they get violently ill. So so alcohol was out of the question. What else is there? And uh, so so those are the boxes that I ticked, and I thought. And I was talking to people, and this can be done. This is a matter of finding a, a medicinal scientist, having, having uh, someone to procure the, the, the mixture, the, the, the chemicals, so to, so to speak, and then a bottler. One plus one plus one equals to three. I could do this. And, and so I, I, I did it. I, I, I did it. I went off and, and produced my own product and created my own brand called King Mist. And and so King Mist is 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 what King Mist is a disinfectant brand. So it's a, it's a product that produces a water-based disinfectant. Uh, it, you could use them on hard surfaces. You could use them on soft surfaces. But what's the difference between that and the other
0: products on the on the
1: market? Oh, well, many many differences. So key differences is that it's certified and approved to kill the coronavirus. So. We got certification. Okay, that's a
0: big fucking difference. And, you're al- and you, you've got certification for that. That's on the bottle. You're allowed to promote that.
1: 100%. Are you the only uh, only product that's allowed to promote that at well, the moment? When we first released it, we were one of possibly five or seven, five or seven or more, mm-hmm. I forgot. Because I've um, never seen it. Now, now there's a couple more now mm-hmm. um, because the certification process is quite interesting. You, you literally need a vial of, the, of COVID-19 in a vial. And it's very hard to get, obviously. It's considered a a national security biohazard product because it's a type of product that has the potential to kill millions, mm. and so the security behind that is incredible. It's it's top secret. You um, so should have just gone to Bondi at the start of the
0: epidemic, just started swabbing all, all, all the people's mouths. Just take that. <laughs> Would have worked.
1: <Yeah>, Would have worked. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's looking at me like
0: oh no I'm gonna have to edit that <laughs> no don't edit that no, that's, that's no, awesome no, we're not editing that I've said worse things than that okay. uh,
1: the, the key th- the other thing is that it's water-based is water-based um which means it's safety you can use them around uh, pets you could use the product without opening windows um, other products are alcohol-based you need to open windows because it's got a very very strong smell i like to talk about the smell the smell is quite unique if, if anyone ever wants um, a sample of the product and you're you're, you're watching or, or listening to this um uh, hook me up um, linkedin or message whatever I, i'm sure you'll find a means um i'll give you a bottle for free to t- to, to, to test out the the reason uh, not, what's the website that they can go to uh, kingmist.com.au. kingmist.com.au easy the, the smell uh, i i i Looked at it for days. I want this product to smell good. Everything else smells bad. It gives me a headache, it gives everyone a headache. You have to use it with your windows closed. And so I found inspiration in a lady's face mask. Um, I opened this lady's face mask because uh, mask, um, I was exploring the scents. It was the most subtle, soft scent I, I, I ever smelled. Okay, I want that scent. <laughs> I, I got uh, the, the, the chemist to, to create a carbon copy of that scent and bottle it. And um, I've been told that my product now smells like um, a, a lady's hair. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, I, and, that, and that is perfect for me. That's exactly what I would like. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Um, points
0: of difference, kills COVID, smells like beautiful woman's hair. (laughs) Oh, that's a Marcus (laughs) X slogan right there. And obviously to pull off things like this uh, and pivot in in that type of fashion, you need a pretty seriously strong team and close team. Um, Do you obviously have one, I'd assume, or how long has it taken you? Why don't you tell us a bit of the story about building your team and how you've created that culture?
1: Yeah, so it's taken me a a long and – and, and tough learning process to know what to do when when it comes to building a team. I'm a, I'm a big basketball fan, and now nowadays I build a team based on what I learned from basketball. So in basketball, there's a few things that 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 a, a few things are needed to create a great team. You need a great coach. You need home court advantage typically to win a, a championship. Other than that, you need uh, the big guy in the middle, a superstar player, an all rounder point guard to handle the ball, <laughs> a shooting guard that could play a lot of defense and shoot three-pointers. And you're always going to need sh- uh, three-pointers nowadays. And uh, inevitably, you need someone that is also able to do the hard grunt, the grunt work, and also a person that could play back to the basket. If I'm constructing a, a business team, 100% the same thing. I need someone that is an all-rounder, that could pick up the pieces or whenever there's excess work to be done. I need someone who... I uh, can coach the team. I need someone who can, uh, who, who, who's a creative person, who creates the plays, the point guard to create the plays. I need someone who could score, execute. And, and the scoring is important because you, you can't win no games if you can't score. So I need someone to execute. I need someone to play defense. Uh, by defense, uh, in a business setting, I'm talking about risk. I need someone to, ch- lo- ch- ch- to make sure that uh, our backs are covered. That we haven't exposed ourselves unnecessarily, or, or gone into something that, has, uh, that will create a lot of problems for us down the track. And that's how I create teams. And do each of your team
0: members, uh, do they know their position in that team? Do they know their purpose
1: I, and, their, and their value that they bring? When they first start, when they first join our team, no, they do not. When they first uh, whenever someone starts a, a, a in our company now we hire them based on their values obviously their abilities is important but mm-hmm. is their values so, uh, what are they a cultural fit do you mean are they a cultural fit yeah. uh, will they have your back when things go sour um, I, I read this book uh, I forgot I forgot the name of it but it was by a guy who was witnessing the 9-11 and he saw uh, paramedics and police officers and firemen run into the building to save lives when the building collapsed. However, at the same time, he also same saw the same people uh, in the same uniforms, other people, that is, uh, run away. And he was thinking, what made some people inclined to run into uh, a, a burning building and others to run away? And it was the, the values. And the, and, the, and the cultural fit. So when people join into our, our, our company, um, they have the right value, values. They have a certain amount of ability, but they don't know where their pieces fit yet. Over time, and I'm talking about weeks, maybe a, a month, maybe at max, you get to understand what they're good at. And once you understand what they're good at or what they want to be good at, uh, for lack of a better word, I exploit it. I go, okay, so you're really good at that. Wow, you're, you're really good at graphics or you're really good at talking to customers or you're really good at, at selling or you're really good at spreadsheet processing work. I'm gonna give you more of that work. I'm gonna give you a lot more of it, right? You're still going to, going to do the other tasks, but I'm gonna give you more. And then over time, you create a team that's complementary, where they understand you know, the, and, and fit into the basketball team board where you have different skill sets.
0: Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I, we can relate to that. We've got uh, our community manager in Melbourne who's a rock star. Her name's Holly. She was a community manager, so she had that role as community manager. But we found out maybe six months in uh, from her starting that she's also a master at Excel. Mm. And she complete now she does all of our – Reporting systems, all the like company structures on Excel, she does for the whole team. So whenever anyone needs Excel, she she takes that. It's not something we knew when she even started, uh, but it's like a, yeah. it's it's everyone has an additional value, everyone and that should has be additional used. value. Yeah, that yes. should be that should be part of what they do for the company. Yes, and obviously. Uh, we, oh, actually, a question I want to ask because I, I like asking everyone this when, it come, when we, whenever we talk about teams is how long do you feel it took you, how many years do you feel it took you to actually obtain what you would call your core team, your team of like, okay, now I've got it, now I can do stuff.
1: In a, in a, in a basketball team, there's always going to be different teams that excel at different things. So, for example, you've got – you got, uh, what are some of the championship teams? So you got uh, certain teams that win a championship just by shooting three-pointers, Golden State. you got certain teams um, that win championships championship by having a superstar, a, a really dominating superstar, Michael Jordan. you got teams that win in the center with Sha- Shaquille O'Neal and he, his teams. Um, my teams are no different. Over the years, there are different iterations of these teams. They all, in my mind, win championships, but in a different way. I, uh, so even my very first team of two, me and the other person, we were winning. Uh, we were a winning duel and when we got to five people or seven-person teams, at that point in time, we were winning in our own way, uh, using a different method. Maybe we were better at cold calling that particular team. And then a couple of years later, as people move on, and and we might be winning because oh, we have a stronger social media team now. We got a couple, of, and, and we win that way. But does that mean that you think you were just very good at hiring the right people? We've cut people very quickly who are not a cultural fit. And we, we've, we needed to do that for the benefit of not just us, but also for the person working for us. Mm. Because um, if they're not a good cultural fit, they're not going to have a good time anyway.
0: They're not going to enjoy it Yeah, They're not going to like it anyway. And... And does that mean your team – do you get your team involved in solving big problems? For example, COVID drop in revenue, that's a big problem. Is that a team discussion? Is that a you discussion? Or how do you, how do you look at solving big problems?
1: I push the question out there to my team all the time. Mm-hmm. On, on a, on a, every second week I will push it push out there. What would you like to do? What would you like to do differently? Give me your opinion. I, 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 in fact, I even force it upon him. Uh, so we are in a team meeting, um, everyone speaks, no, you can't stand behind no one, it's your turn next, it's your turn and, and I've enforced the second rule which is you can't say anything that's been said already. So, uh, so who wants to go first and everyone says me, <laughs> no one wants to be last obviously. Oh good, and, and, and do you have a
0: weekly meeting for that or you just, you just uh, ask that question?
1: questions asked all the time regardless but yeah we we would literally have every two weeks we'll have a sit-down meeting or Mm -hmm. or stand up nowadays because of covid and we'll just go around the room Mm -hmm. and we'll just uh, say what are your wins what are your losses what are your opportunities Mm -hmm. yeah we do something quite similar but we also
0: ask what could you do to do your job better that's a powerful what, yeah, like what what are the things that we could change as a company that would allow you to do your purpose to fulfill, fulfill your purpose for the team and and the members better? I like that. Yeah, it's That's a really cool easy. question. People people come up with the best shit as well because yeah. everyone knows. Oh, if that wasn't in the way I could do. I'd have more time to do this. It's like, all oh, right, well, let's just come up with a way to get rid of that.
1: No, I like it. Good like um, question.
0: And finally, because we are nearing the um, closer to the time. Um, I'd love to know. Uh, so you said you joined Cub because you wanted to hear more people's stories and uh, and that type of thing. And
1: I guess what 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 have you loved most about your membership thus far? Yeah. So for, when I first started, I thought, okay, this is going okay. Friday lunch, Friday uh, lunch buffets. Hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the clubhouse, great. I'm, I'm meeting these people, great. I've got, I've got some good stories, and the diversity was great. And so I'm going, okay, this uh, membership fees, okay, cool. I, I I'm I'm cool with this. Um, the the real difference I found was uh, what happened in the past seven months, mm-hmm. and that's when. So the, three
0: months in you, because mem- you've only been around a year. Yeah, a yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So 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 straight into it, uh, it was when COVID hit, and I, then I realized how people. Three months.
0: I'm so bad at math. I just need to correct that. Five months because it's twelve months in a year. <laughs> oh, fucking I- dope. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna laugh at me. Keep going. <laughs> and it was uh, the the members, the the
1: the, the members many came i have had many conversations with many members and the the support i've got from members have been epic uh not not just words but actions they're saying hey charles you should contact this person hey contact hey, charles contact this person they might be able to help you out with your revenue walls because they were look, looking for merch or o- over here i think this person um, might be able to assist you with this particular element you know it could, it could be marketing it could be pr a PR piece, and the 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 love I got from the CUB family was something I did not expect. I was expecting conversations, here, have a cup of tea, we'll have a cup of tea each, great, I'll see you later. I, 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 I was expecting that, but with them physically helping, that that has made, I, I said to Ant, he's my membership, um, manager. membership mem- ma- manager, I say, Ant, you know what? This year you could increase my membership fee three, threefold I'll pay in a heartbeat, but don't do it. But I will, but I will, I, I will. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's meant a lot to me being a, a CB member. Oh, that's awesome to hear. And you have, uh, we like to normally
0: finish with a couple uh, key lessons or book recommendations. One thing that I read in your prep sheet is that you have a,
1: a really nice book recommendation. What is that? Yeah, so this is a, a classic. Many would, would have read it. It's called The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. So it is a fable. It is a storybook, it's a, it's a layered storybook with lots of lessons. Uh, what I took away from this book was uh, always move forward, and you never know what's around the corner. But you would never know unless you move forward. And your um, is it is a it, it, it's like a
0: fiction book. It's a sto- It's like a it's story. It is a storybook. It's a fable. So I've never yeah. actually read a storybook like fiction. So maybe I'll, is that what fiction is? Yeah. I've never read fiction before, so maybe that'll be the first one I get in my library over there. And um, I do want you to also spend a little bit more time just telling uh, telling everyone about Cubic, what type of products that, you know, what it can be used for, what type of products you can do. Uh, and so that if any members want to reach out, or the, obviously they can reach out to the membership managers and, and speak to you, but also people can go to cubicpromote.com.au uh, and order directly from the website. But why don't you give us some ideas of some of the products you do and, 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 and things people could uh, use.
1: Yeah, of course. So Cubic Promote, I believe we have about 16,000 different SKU products right now. So we cover every single category. So you're looking from your basic pen to all your stationaries to your complete uniforms. So anything that you see in on or McDonald's, for example, their uniforms, we could do. Anything that you've seen with a logo, even uh, a car sticker uh, or a fridge magnet, we could do. So the range is quite quite broad. Okay, well, but, uh, like umbrellas, hats, hoodies, uh,
0: notepads, anything, anything a company can throw your logo on, they can get through you, they can order it through the website. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and Cub is going to be ordering a bunch of hats for all the members. So can we talk about that right after this? Yeah. And do you want to leave the listeners with one final uh, lesson or thought or something you'd like to leave them with?
1: Okay, well, this one's uh, more uh, 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 one that stuck with me, and that is to to leave the world in a better place than you found it, and I've I've tried really hard to 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 live up to that. And I think that's a really important,
0: um, I guess, thought for all business owners, particularly those that accomplish great things like yourself, because when the world and um, you work for hard for it, but the world does give you nice, give you beautiful a beautiful life and beautiful things. I think that you always need to reciprocate that, 100%. that positive energy and give it back to the world. 100%. Uh, I'm a big believer in that. Charles, thank you so much, man. That was awesome. Um, to all the listeners, I mean, I've said You, If you want to, uh, to chat to Charles personally, Reach out to, 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 if you're a member, reach out to your membership manager. If you're not, reach out to Cub and we'll we'll connect you. Um, Charles, thank you so much. Uh, To the listeners, thank you for being legends and listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks.